Hello and you're very welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod. I'm Johnny Hammond and as ever alongside me is the Harlequins captain, stalwart of English club and international rugby, Rachel Burford. Good morning, Burf. How are we? Bright and breezy this morning, looking radiant. Thank you. You're a good liar. Um, I'm very well, thanks. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm okay, thank you. Uh, a little chilly. The uh, the boiler's packed up. Packed up Sunday. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. So, yeah, emergency cover means that they're coming later today. So, yeah, that's that's emergency cover for you. Um, Marley Packer. Where's Marley Packer when you need her? She is knee-deep in nappies and wipes. I've been there, and I'd much prefer to have no boiler than be knee-deep in nappies and wipes. So uh, she can say where she is. You're back out on the park for the first time, not particularly in, in rugby kit, more sort of cricket whites um, with the with, with the score. But just just take us through that. How how amazing was it to be back on the field? Were there little moments where you looked across at people you know really well and just saw the, the joy of actually playing the game that you, you love and adore? Yeah, I think the whole week, the build-up to it was really, really exciting. Everybody was kind of, couldn't wait to get out there. Um, felt really confident and then come Saturday you could see everyone was kind of nervous and thinking right okay we've actually got to play rugby now can I still do it type thing and um, you know a lot of the senior players in the team like Emily Scott, Amy Cocaine, um, Abby Ward you know we just all kind of said look let's just enjoy today we've prepped really hard for it we don't know you know, if we're going to play next week, so just enjoy every single moment of it and just relax. Things are going to go wrong. But so we just really kind of just felt really grateful for the opportunity to play. And we just, and that's how we looked at it. And, and you know, the result took care of itself, really. So, yeah, playing playing with a, a little bit of freedom is, a, is an impressive, uh, impressive result and some impressive tries, it tries in there. I mean, I, I, I jest with, with, with all, all, all respect, of course, but. It seemed a little bit no less than a, a training run for you, rather like the way you started last season, of course, against Richmond. Yeah, I mean, look, the results always say, only show you kind of one story, and it was a competitive game. They were tough, but I think our our squad is really strong, and we haven't had that many changes. So for us to be able to click and come together on the day, um, it really worked. And our our pack are just so mobile that it just gave us so many opportunities. Um, but yeah, and they were missing. They were missing a number of their um, Scottish internationals, um, so that will definitely bolster their side. But but look, I know I know the result is big, and I know it's one hundred and three nil. But we still had to work for it. We still had to execute. We had to finish. We had to work hard for it. They didn't roll over and give us that that scoreline. Like hundred percent, they didn't. They kept getting up. They kept fighting against us, and you know it's a it's a tough place for them to be in. You know, most teams now have, you know, a depth of internationals in them, a wealth of really experienced players. Um, and so, you know, they're, they're probably not where they want to be. And, and that probably wasn't the result they were expecting. They probably expected it to be a lot less than that. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, we finally enjoyed the, the weekend just to get out there, just to play, you know, being at the stoop was awesome. You know, a few our ball girls as well that came down like Izzy Mie, who who um, Charlie Welby love 
you know, they, they were our cheerleaders from the sidelines, obviously with no crowds. Um, but no, it was a brilliant weekend. And do you know what was my probably my favourite was Friday? Just seeing all the teams being announced at 12 o'clock. I was kind of like scrolling on Twitter, seeing who's playing and what positions. And it was just it was just so nice to have that real feel that rugby was back and, and we had something really to look forward to at the weekend. Yeah, absolutely right. The, uh, the, the buzz was there. And I, and I know, the, the, you know there's... There's quite big, quite a bit of um, say negativity, and it's all been a rush, and da da da. And there was no launch, and the, the sponsors only just been announced, and da da da. And the games are the, and there's no scrums and law variations. And the, rest of it. the driving force in getting back on the park, as I understand it, from virtually every single club, was you as players yourselves. You were desperate to get back out out on the field. So now you've done it. How? How's that, and, and how's the, the, the body post-Saturday? Do you know what? The body's good. Like, I'm so surprised. Um, but we've been training so hard. Like, I can't tell you how... When we're training on Tuesdays and Thursdays, the intensity is match or above, so that you are, the idea is that you come to um, a game scenario and actually it's, it's, it seemed easier. But I think, you know, we, we've got some different opposition coming up. I've... I made three tackles in that game. So for my body to, to be feeling all right, it's probably because of that. Um, but it's yeah, quite a lot for you, is Beth. Desperate. Pardon? It's quite a lot for you. Oh, so, are we the PB? Is that for a game? <laughs> yeah, I think everybody's just buzzing about getting back. And there's obviously those law variations that nobody knew how we're going to play out. We had some questions at the start to the referee that gave us some good guidance. But we just said, just wanted to get on with it and play and I have to say it I did miss the scrums I missed the opportunity to kind of reset and plan a strike move or you know defensively get set to go and get the opposition you know backline v backline um and yes I missed it so every time there's a free kick it's kind of like oh that would have been a great opportunity or what could have been and when we did get our first scrum, it was just at the end of the first half. Everybody cheered. Like, everyone was like, woo! Like, especially the front row was like, yeah! And our front row, they went over five metres out. Um, out not, I shouldn't say front row, because it's all of them, all eight of them, um, went over from five metres out. Um, so, yeah, it, it was quite funny when that first scrum. And then, then the next one came, everybody cheered again. <laughs> so, um, it's funny how... A lot of people got a lot to say about the scrums and that they don't have a place in our game or like can have be quite negative towards them. But you could see that everybody thoroughly enjoyed when we did have a scrum and did actually miss being able to reset from a scrum. Yeah, interesting what you're saying there because it's not obviously a lot of focus around the the, the front rowers and them not having scrums and all the rest of it. But actually, for a whole team to, as you say, reset. Have a moment, have a pause. You can communicate a few bits to each other, but also your your head to head to head against against the backline. The the other thing I wanted to to ask you about was with those free kicks, has it speeded the game completely up? So, as opposed to that scrum being given, say DMP Durham Sharks knocked on, there's a free kick. Were you allowed to to go very very quickly straight off that, and therefore the pace of the game much much quicker, or was that controlled? Yeah, so it, we we spoke to the referee at the start because we were kind of unsure whether we were allowed to go quick. Like our game plan was that we wanted to play quickly, 
Um, but when we spoke to Nikki O'Donnell, who's who we had, she said, look, I'll be controlling that tempo. She said, I'm not going to let the defence get set and ready, but I'll kind of walk back to the mark and then that's where I want you to take it from. So I think they wanted to control that element slightly um, because it could have been quite chaotic. If you think you've got people tapping and going however many times very quickly, more offsides, at least more penalties, things like that. So I think, you know, I think it was managed pretty sensibly. I actually said to her after the game, kind of glad we didn't have to play quick. I was pretty tired anyway. Um, it definitely, the game is definitely uh, more kind of end to end. It feels a lot quicker, you know, when you get a free kick from either a knock on or a forward pass, you know, you're backtracking really quickly to then. And, and most teams do want to then play as quickly as they can. So, even though it's the tempo is taken out of it, it's still a quick tap and it's still, you know, shift two passes and we're into space and you've got to try and stop that. So, so it was controlled. Obviously it was the, uh, the first time that uh, you as, as, as women have, have played on the park with our Black Lives Matters. Obviously the, 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 the Gallagher Premiership type teams did, did their own thing. I know there's been some, some work uh, with a couple of players at your club, uh, Davina Catlin and Shauna Brown. What what did you and DMP uh, Durham Sharks do on the day to to mark that? Yeah, so Shauna and, and Dad have been heavily involved in you know discussing with other clubs and and we had a call the other week as a squad to kind of discuss some options and people to put some ideas forward. But we decided whatever um, kickoff we were either receiving or we were kicking off will be in that formation and we're taking the um, and that would be for thirty seconds. Um, DMP lined up on the, the, I think it was a 10 metre line. Because we were receiving the kickoff, we faced one another instead of facing the front of the field. Um, and we also, there was an option if you wanted to wear black tape around your wrist or around your leg, wherever you wanted to also um, show our support. Um, and for us, we, we've decided that we're going to do it throughout October, um, but every year in October to really make a mark every single year during Black History Month. Nice. So, yeah, I, 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 I said Black Lives Matters there, not necessarily that as a, as a movement, but the, the, the movement as, as a whole, of course. Look, only right and proper, uh, really, really good to, to know that you're not just going to do it this year. It's uh, you know, something you're going to continue to do. As you say, we are in the middle of Black History Month. So next week, Shauna Brown is going to come on the uh, on the pod, the lovely Shauna Brown, the eclectic Shauna Brown. I think that's uh, fair enough to say. The deep sea diver, the hammer thrower, the rugby player, the lady with braids, all the rest of it. She's going to come on the pod. Uh, we've got Rocky Clark as well. So we're going to get plenty of Alliance Premier 15s knowledge next week. This week, though, we're getting ahead of ourselves slightly. We have Mo Hunt coming on the uh, on the pod very, very shortly. The uh, Gloucester Hartbury captain to go through all the uh, Premier 15 results with, with her. And later up on the show, we have a superstar from the other side of the world. We have Stacey Flula to talk about the Farah Palmer Cup and all things going on down in New Zealand. I'm Lynn Cantwell and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Before we get Mo on the, uh, on the pod... Let's get you up to date with the, the latest results from around the world. New Zealand, as we've spoken about. With Stacey coming on the pod, we'll talk to her a little bit. But uh, the results from the weekend. North Harbour unable to score against Waikato's 62 points. And Stacey actually scored a hat-trick in that game. 
and now Waikato book themselves a place in the semi-finals. Counties Manukau 17, Bay of Plenty 10. Northland moved up to third in the table with their 77-3 win over Taranaki. My old friend Latoya Mason scored Taranaki's only three points. And did you see that try from Crystal Murray, the Northland's prop? Yeah, it was an unbelievable try. Like the wheels that Crystal Murray has was unbelievable. And it was their highest ever win with more history as Portia Woodman scored six tries, most ever for the club. Auckland had a bye, but to top of the table clash with Waikato at, at the weekend will be absolutely brilliant. The Southpool didn't play. So Waikato uh, lead the way on 23 points. Auckland have 21. And then Northland and Counties Manukau both on 16. Results for the Irish Energy Community Series. And it was really, really good, wasn't it? See, the uh, old Belvedere game was broadcast live. Uh, and they came out with a 48-3 win over Wicklow. And Black Rock College made it two from two to top the Leinster Conference by beating Santonians 43-0. to The two games in the Munster Conference ended with a bonus point wins for UL Bohemians and Bollingcolic. Bowes beat Kerry 31-0 and Shannon Litt were defeated 33-6 by Colic. And in the Ulster Conference, the games between Cavan and Queen's University and the City of Derry against Malone were both cancelled, with all four teams being awarded two points. And we have to offer our viewers a huge, huge apology berth. We've not been updating them with the results from France. Really, really remiss. Uh, It's a country and I absolutely love. So, yeah, I'm not, not quite sure we're not being across this. But anyway, we are now. So... Yeah, so we'll just give a a whistle-stop update. There's been lots of postponements, but the cream is rising to the top. And it was round five at the weekend, and despite a quarter of the games being cancelled due to COVID, we've still got plenty to tell you about. In pool one, that's uh, one of four pools with the top two going through to the next phase. Lille found winning ways with a 52-8 win over La Valette. Montpellier thrashed Lens 62-6. Now Montpellier are through. 50 points to 10 was the score between Toulouse and Stade Francais, which books Toulouse a place in that second phase. Blagnac beat AS Bayonnaise 24-0. And Lyon won their first game of the season, 14-10 over Chile Mazarin. Babogni, 12-9 over Bordeaux as well. So after the weekend, we know that Montpellier, Paul 1, Rennes, Paul 2, Toulouse, Paul 2 and Blagnac... Pool three are sure of their places in the top eight in the second phase. I'm Rachel Malcolm and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Well, before we get to Mohan on the pod, the uh, World Cup winning scrum half and Gloucester Heartbreak captain, let's just uh, take you through the uh, the results from the Alliance Premier 15s from the weekend. We know all about Harlequins. 103-0 win over DMP Durham Sharks. Abby Ward with a hat-trick. And when I read that, I was like, who on earth is Abby Ward? And then I realised <laughs> it's Abby Scott, of course, married to uh, Dave Ward over the summer. So, yes, well done, Abby Ward. Saracens were made to work very, very hard for their 34-25 win over Worcester. The score changed hands lots and lots of times. Joe Yapside didn't even go home with a bonus point, which I have to say was no less than they deserved. Did did you did you see that one, Berth? It was uh, it was a great performance from Worcester. Yeah, we we managed to see some of it just before we um, 
we've went, obviously went out. But yeah, look, we've been talking about Worcester for the last year about them building and Joe Yap's work down there. So was it surprising? Maybe not so much. But um, yeah, really pleased that Worcester have come out really competitive against um, you know the two-time champions. Yeah, a new outfit, Sail Sharks. 7.29 to Loughborough Lightning. Sail right in it until the last 10 minutes. There were only three points separating the two teams when Lightning then powered over with two late tries from Lark Davis. And again, for their first showing, I think that's a really, really good scoreline. And they were, well, not particularly the scoreline, but the fact that they were right in it uh, and then left Loughborough's sort of professionalism and, and they're used to being a part of this league just, just powered on at the at the end. But really good showing from Sale. Yeah, I spoke to Katie yesterday, Katie McLean, and she just said she's really proud of where they've started and it, it just kind of shows the work that they've put in, the buy-in to, to what they want to try and achieve. And, you know, I think they're all buzzing about that result, to be honest. I know it's not it's not a win, but the fact that they're competitive with one of the teams in the top four um, in their first outing, they will take a huge amount of positives from that and, and put it into to the season moving forward. It's an outstanding benchmark, isn't it? It's a really good, use a dart term, a really good marker for them to uh, to now springboard on for the rest of the season. So yes, well done, Darren and, and Katie. And Gloucester Hartbury also taking on the new side, Extra Chiefs, winning that one thirty-four to fourteen. Kelly Smith and Zoe Allcroft crossing the whitewash. Yeah, well, those are the results. Let's uh, drill down a little bit further. We may as well get on our guest, mightn't we? Absolutely delighted to have the Gloucester Hartbury. Uh, Captain uh, Red Roses Scrum Half, World Cup winner, house renovator, you name it, she can do it. Uh, Mo Hunt, how are we, Mo? Yeah, really good, thank you. Not too bad. You forgot to say DJ as well. Yeah, DJ Mo. Sorry. DJ Mo, outstanding team maker, broadcaster. Coffee connoisseur. You went from being the Spotify playlister to now you've got your own decks. <laughs> That's still working in progress, mate. I'm still not there yet. Mo, you're looking looking resplendent in your your England kit there. Where where are you exactly? We've caught you, haven't we? Mid mid meeting. Yeah, so we've just um, arrived at Bisham Abbey for camp. So we've got a two day camp. So um, every Tuesday, Wednesday at the minute, we're coming in meeting with England going hard and then going back to our clubs to prep for the weekend. So it's pretty intense at the moment. Pretty intense, but almost like sort of Christmas Eve a couple of times a week. I mean, after the incredible long delay that we've had to to get back in uh, Gloucester Hartbury colours, do that, get a good win, captain the side and then England camp. I mean, it must be really, really exciting time. Yeah, no, it is. Especially, I think... Um, on Friday night, I was actually buzzing around the kitchen, um, cooking up before we played. And it was just so nice to actually be back out there, um, especially with the girls, because everyone's worked so hard over the summer. So to actually take the field again with them was just brilliant. Yeah, I, I'm so so pleased your rugby skills are better than your dance skills. Well, that's going to hurt. Just on that video, it was, uh, yeah, yeah, you look like you're a, a happy lady looking forward to, to getting out there. So let's get into oh, it then. No, that's what you're on about. I was like, when have you seen me dancing on a night out? Because I would rate my dancing skills. <laughs> that's why I said it would hurt. 
you, you wouldn't believe where us uh, where us Gianos get to. No, I've, I've not seen you dance at all. <laughs> so let's get into uh, the weekend. Uh, as I say, a really really good good win for you guys. What what were the what were the big pluses, big positives from the game? I think to be honest, I said it like when we finished to the girls, but how many people were smiling at the end of the game, and I think. At this level, everyone's so tough on themselves and everyone wants to be the best version of themselves every time they take the field and mistakes are going to happen. And I think quite often you come off the pitch and you just feel gutted about how you've played or the way the result's gone or anything like that. So for me to come off the pitch and have so many of the girls smiling and actually be back out there and enjoy it after we've grafted so long for seven months, like training and stuff, that that was the the key takeaway. And yeah, it was awesome. Like to be in that huddle after and see so many smiles was um, brilliant. Just uh, give give some individual praise to, or were there, were there particular units which you thought, do you know what, uh, in training over the last couple of months, do you know that's really going to work and and it, and it really did, and that, that pleased you as a as a skipper. I think um, so for me, Keris Hale, her and um, Shauna Powell Hughes, like the amount of work they've put in over lockdown. Like I think Sheepy lost something like eight to ten k, something like that, um, and has come back. So she was pushing into the front row. She's back at number eight for us, which is brilliant. And Keris Hale is just looking in ridiculous form. So obviously Welsh tight head. Um, pretty sure that's the side that she plays. She'll kill me if that's wrong. But yeah, Welsh tight head. And she's come back and her work rate at the weekend was just phenomenal. Obviously, you can't talk about Gloucester Hartbury without talking about Zoe Allcroft, like just in fine form every time she, she takes the field, every time she trains, like she just raises the intensity for us. And um, for me, special mention has to go to Tatiana Heard. Like, that girl has rehabbed her heart and soul out and done it with a smile on her face. Like, she's had tough days. She was due to come back two weeks before the lockdown was imposed. So, like, that was really, really tough to go back home and see how upset she was about that. But she's just come through it and, and she had a fantastic game. A strong 35 minutes, which is brilliant. So, they'd probably be my key takeaways. Yeah, it's great to see about. And how did you and the team find the the new law variations? We didn't mind it. To be fair, I didn't mind it. I actually miss scrums, which I never thought I'd say. Um, so like when the scrums get reset, yeah, genuinely, genuinely miss them. So like obviously when we play and there's like this ball, the scrum goes down and you reset and it's like oh come on like come on girls. But I will never talk badly of a scrum again because I genuinely missed it. I think the space that it frees up as well for our backs to actually have something to attack from um, and like how tactical that is and how much work they put into it. I think it was, it was a bit of a shame that that wasn't there, but completely understand why. Um, but for me, like I was good because the, the free kicks were slowed down. So obviously, you know how I like to play. I like to be like a bit of a quick game and stuff. And I was watching the Worcester Saris game and they were allowed to play quickly. Whereas because it's not a deliberate offense, like, Coxie, our ref at the weekend, wanted us wanted to slow and make sure the defences were set and stuff, which I completely understand. But yeah, for me, I would have loved to have a few more quick tap and goes. What did you think? Did you find them all right? Yeah, like my opinion is very much similar. Like um, I agree, I missed the scrums. I missed that opportunity to kind of reset backline v backline, um, and just kind of strike from from scrum. Yeah. It was a real big miss. In terms of the tap, we had the same. So Nikki O'Donnell also made us kind of slow it down, or, or at least she took control of that tempo and took it out of our hands, which she said was the directives um, from above. Because uh, we we wanted to play quickly, but I said to Johnny earlier, I'm not sure we would have been able to play that quick. Like it was a pretty quick game, to be fair. So yeah. sometimes it was nice to have a little bit of a respite. Um, 
but no, look, I think like you guys just thoroughly enjoy being out there and we had the same messages. It was like, look, let's enjoy this opportunity because not many people are playing yeah. this weekend. So don't be too hard on yourself. Let's go out and explore and, and express ourselves and have fun. Yeah, and you did by the scoreline. <laughs> what 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 did you make uh, your position? Obviously, it was Exeter for uh, those who've only just tuning into the pod and who would blame them just to hear you. But uh, Gloucester Hartbury, 34, Exeter, Chiefs, 14. What did you what did you make of, of Exeter from, from the outside and looking at you know, the, the sale and the Exeter and, and hearing reports and reading stuff? Really, really good showing. What, what did you make of Susie uh, Appleby's lot? Yeah, I think um, they were good. Like, they were always going to be good. You've got quite a lot of names that for whatever reason, haven't necessarily got a break at their club. So like uh, Lauren Cattell, Garnet McKinder, obviously um, players like that that we know a lot about from the Prem. Um, and then they've got like massive ball carriers that they've brought in. So obviously Zachary had a huge influence on the game um, as did their captain. And they've just got like a solid group of players. I think Patricia Garcia, when she comes in, will be great for them in terms of directing them and, and putting them in the right places of the field because... I'm not sure if you saw, but our game, we had a massive headwind. So in the first half, we were playing into such a strong wind. It was I kicked a ball once and it came back behind me. It was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if they had someone like her that would have controlled that territory, it could have been a bit different game. So like the scoreline, like we knew that going in halftime, 10-7, we were more than happy with that because it was more than a, like, it was more than a three-point lead in terms of the wind and what we were going to do coming out in the second half. And I think for them, like they're a huge team that are going to be growing throughout and they've got a brilliant setup down there. Like obviously Amy and Susie are doing wonders for them and how much backing they've got from the men's club. Like it does seem like a special place to be. You've obviously got a trip up to, to Loughborough. Busy week, isn't it, for you? Get those get those motorway yeah. miles up. Up to up to Loughborough. They they came uh, over South Sharks twenty nine seven at the weekend, but yeah, apparently by all accounts very, very tight game. Uh, right until the to the last throws of it, uh, have you had a chance to have a have a look at your old mate Skaz and, and and her side yet? Yeah, I have done. Um, so I'm only I think I'm like 55 minutes through the game, so I haven't finished it, so I haven't seen the end result. But I think for for sale, Katie McLe- Katie Dale and McLean, like what a difference she's making. Like the turnover on the try line, obviously like tactically the kicking and stuff. Um, but for me, like it's exciting. It's exciting to go and play a Loughborough without somebody like that. That's going to be directing them and, and I think she would have controlled that game a lot like obviously Helena Rowland coming in she's a brilliant player great 10 ridiculous acceleration off the mark but I think for us like that's a very young backline and that's something that we'll look to to have a bit of a crack at like we're excited for that one for sure fighting talk not fighting talk <laughs> just honest <laughs> so, have you uh, have you caught caught in the, the the other games Mo I'm nervous now did I say something bad no, they're not going to come at me, are they? Yeah, yeah. First minute, ankle. Hey. One of the props, foot on the ankle. <laughs> Helena Rowland's like absolutely done me, stood yeah. me up, gone round, <laughs> giving it the one finger as she went reels past me. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Have, Mo, have you seen the the the, uh, the other games? I saw Sarah's. Uh, I've watched the Sarah's Worcester game. And what did you make of that? Yeah, like impressive to be fair. Like obviously, you know that Joey App going in there is going to make a huge difference. Like having someone like Alex Matthews off the back of your scrum, you're always going to get a boost. Like 
whether she's playing well or not, it's Alex Matthews. So everyone will kind of sit down and look up at that. Um, but yeah, like they're doing, they're doing great things there. And I think it's great to see how much they stayed in the fight. I think Katie Matteson also made a massive difference for them in terms of like that control element. Um, and Sarah Nicholas, we don't talk about her much, but she's come from from Hartbury, lost Hartbury, and she's a brilliant player. I used to play over at Litchfield, and I think when those two get their nine ten link bang on, I think there'll be a real side to be reckoned with. What does uh, Simon Middleton do with his back row? I mean, selection is going to be an absolute nightmare, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Like you saw some of the offloads that like Poppy Cleal was thrown through the line. Like she's in great form at the minute, obviously. You can't write someone like Marley Packer off. She always puts in a hell of a shift, no matter how fit she is in terms of like whether she's come back from injury one week or she's 10 weeks down playing. Like she bites like you would never believe and you'd always want her on the pitch and on your side. Um, yeah, it's going to be really tricky. Obviously, Captain Sarah Hunter, you've got Alex Matthews coming into the front. We've got Abby Burton coming into camp from the sevens. Like Thank there's you. a lot of competition there. So also, Emily Robinson's come in from Harlequin. So... There's a lot of players that are putting their hand up at the minute, but yeah, you wouldn't want to be a coach. Well, you would with so many options, but you wouldn't want to be a player that's waiting for that decision. <laughs> and and, he, and are you find that I know you had a little mini camps, I should say, little espresso camps. Are you seeing that amongst the um, amongst the players? Is there a real eagerness to obviously get back on the on the field after the the, the lockdown and what have you? But also that that competition with the sevens players and, and those kind of players coming into the squad. Yeah, I think whenever. You, like Berth will agree, but whenever you're on an England camp, there's always competition because you want to put your best foot forward the whole time and you, you're just constantly being watched and almost judged for what you're doing. And at the minute, what we're doing is we're playing games against each other. So we're going 15 on 15 and like you're playing to win. There's different scenarios and basically all of the points get totted up towards the end and you're playing to win. So they are creating a competitive environment, but it's something that most people here relish, I think, like, if you're in an England camp, you are competitive. You're competitive with yourself. You're competitive with everyone else you're playing against. And that's kind of what makes you the best version of yourself. And yeah, it's competitive, but everyone's in a good space and it's, it's good fun to be part of. Do you do you thrive on that, on that competition? Because obviously there is some real competition uh, at nine, whether you've got a World Cup winner's medal in the sock drawer or not. No, Why do you really, laugh at birth? What's the matter with that question? I don't really do the competitive thing. I'm not really that bothered. If she's competitive, like she is probably one of the most competitive players out there. And it's such a good trait to have, especially as a nine, because you need them to be like that. But yeah, I'll just echo what Mo said about, you know, being in an England environment, for one, you're always going to try and put your best foot forward. And then when you've got players coming in from the outside, you're you're the standard that they, they need to follow. And players that come in, they literally, they all they want to do is do the right thing and be hard and be competitive so it's just going to raise the intensity of that environment and having watched Mo and Leanne on the pitch 15 v 15 whether it's a club or at England training there's no love lost on the field they both go really really hard and because that's the best thing for England so yeah it is exciting for you to have that competition but vice versa for Leanne as well and also Claudia McDonald and throw it into the mix there as well. So it's always good to have healthy, strong competition. And Mohan is definitely, I'd say, top three most competitive players out there. Name them. Who's the others? See, that's uh, really bad. I want to be the, the most. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not happy with top three. I want to be number one. I was going to ask you to answer the, the competitive really question, but there's no need now, is there? I'm really 
I'm only joking, but really inside she's not joking at all. Who are they? No, um, <laughs> it is true. And also, not only people in camp, like, obviously, when you've got players that are competitive and they, like, want the best and, and you're all performing, it just drives that standard, like Berth was saying. But equally, like, I've just mentioned Katie Matteson, like, she had a great game for Worcester, like, fizzing balls from the base, which is, that'll be on their radar and that's only going to make us better. Equally, Ella Wyrus is back now. She's been out for two years for Left for Lightning and I know she was on the radar before. So there's a lot of people around, like, it's the standard of women's rugby is getting better and better all the time and it's just brilliant to see and be part of. Yeah, absolutely. Well, sometimes you ask questions when you know the answer just to get a reaction. And uh, yes, I, I'm pleased I uh, I asked that that that, that question. With sure with time, we really really appreciate you you dipping out of uh, England stuff uh, to talk to us uh, here on the pod. Thank you very much as ever. All the very very best against Loughborough. All the very very best in the Red Roses camp. Uh, yeah, and as I say, absolutely uh, pleasure as always. Thank you so Thanks. much. Bye. Cheers, guys. I'm Emma Mitchell, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. And in other news, the RPA Awards here in England, we've had three nominations for both the 15s and the 17s, all deserving winners from the season's past. Zoe Allcroft, Poppy Cleal, and Katie Daly-McLean for the 15 aside. And for the sevens, Meg Jones, Abby Brown and Ellie Kildun. That's a, fit, a really fierce competitive group to, to be going up against an award, you know, all been standout players for their country um, over the past year. Yeah, and it seems a little bit silly to be talking about uh, signings when we've already had the uh, the first round of games from the Allianz Premier 15s, but these signings made uh, before the weekend. Quinns, Beth Wilcock from England Sevens bolstered their backline, plus a host of uh, you top internationals re-signed, didn't you? Our Berth, uh, Shauna Brown, Abby Ward, Amy Kincaid, Jess Breach, Sarah Beckett, Vicky Cormorant, Langy Tweema, Chloe Edwards, Emily Scott and the Scotland pairing of Chloe Rowley and Jade Cronkle, as well as Fee Fletcher, what a player she is, uh, Ellie Green, Heather Cowell and Lucy Packer have all re-signed to the club as well. Exeter, uh, nine players were announced just days leading up to Saturday's game. The Canadian quartet of Emily Totosi, McKinley Hunt, Taylor Black, Olivia DeMarchon, plus Japanese prop Satichio Kato. Plus Red Rose, Lauren Cattell, England's under-20 starlet Flo Robinson. She is going to be some player. Former Richmond winger Louise Burgess and ex-Worcester Warriors prop Lauren Leverland. And back over at the Irish Sea, the Rugby Players Ireland have also nominated their three players of the season, which are... Linda Dugan, Adele McMahon and Cleena Maloney. The three sevens players nominated are Cathy Baker, Louise Galvin and Amy Lee Murphy-Crow. And finishing up on some great news from a former captain of mine, Sue Day has been awarded an MBE in the Queen's Birthday Honours for her services to gender equality in sport. So huge congratulations to you, Daisy, um, as I know you, and many people who are listening to the pod drill as well. Um, Valerie deserved the amount of work she puts in off the pitch. Um, Now her playing days are over is unreal. Yeah, a, a very, very classy lady at uh, everything she turns her hand to, whether that was playing or uh, the, the, the joy and privilege of, of sharing a commentary box with her for, for many a game, including, of course, the 2014 World Cup final and just a very, very classy individual. So, yes, 
Many, many congratulations to you, Daisy. Well, that's you up to date with all of the news from the Oval World. Now we head to the other side of the globe, to the land of the long white cloud, and speak to one of its shining stars. It is our very great pleasure this morning on the WRP, well, our morning, our evening, to uh, welcome Stacey Flula onto the pod yet again. Hi, Stacey, how are you? Hello, Johnny. I'm very good, thank you. And you guys? I'm good form, thank you. Yes, good, much better for seeing your smiley, <laughs> inspirational face. <laughs> oh, you're too nice. <laughs> I'm a little bit worried, actually, because last time we had you on the pod, literally the day after, I did like two courses in a row because I was just so inspired by you getting loads of stuff done. So I'm a bit worried that my weekend's going to be full of trying to do some more stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Lucky it's just rugby chat now. Wait, you'll be right. You'll be right. <laughs> yeah, we are going to um, we are going to just uh, chat a, a little bit of rugby the, the, this morning, but. Um, yeah, how, how things generally in New Zealand? You're sort of a, far more led superbly by um, Jacinda, who actually um, we asked to have on the pod, and she came back with the most delightful, polite reply. Just extraordinary. I mean, I can't even get a reply out of some brands talking to them, but uh, New Zealand Prime Minister <laughs> replied to us. Um, but, uh, yeah, how, how things generally uh, in, in the country? Yeah, things are going pretty well, actually. Um, a lot of sport being played, so um, that's been very cool for us, for the young kids too, you know, for them it's probably boring in lockdown. Um, but seeing them out on the field, enjoying enjoying their time with their friends is pretty cool. We did go into a second lockdown, but mainly in Auckland, so I did feel sorry for them. The rest of the country were, were pretty sweet. Everything was still continuing as normal luckily <laughs> but yeah things are going really well here and just gearing up for elections next weekend this weekend sorry yeah well look we'll stay away from the politics on this show but um <coughs> vote just in yes. um, um please do <laughs> <laughs> you uh feeling a little bit sorry for the people of auckland there i suspect on the uh, field you're not quite so sorry for them and you're in the middle of the farah palmer cup at the moment one round of the regular season to go, I understand. How has it been so far? I'm going to be honest, I'm stoked with our results. We haven't lost yet, touch wood. <laughs> um, but top of the table clash against Auckland this weekend. If we win, it's a home semi-final. If we lose, we're going down to Christchurch to play against Canterbury. So hopefully we take the you know the easy way. It's always good playing at home in front of a, a home crowd. Um, but the competition's been absolutely amazing and I've been loving my time back in the Waikato Colours. It's been four years since I last played with them. So, yeah, loving it. New position, though. I've been playing on the wing. I'm usually centre. That's been interesting for me. Well, it, it, it's serving it's serving you reasonably well because um, you scored a hat-trick of the weekend. Let's, let's just set the scene. Your Waikato side is top of the North Pool, uh, 23 points. Um, Auckland mm-hmm. on 21 uh, obviously, top two go through to the semi-finals. In the South Pool, Canterbury on 20 points. Manama 2 on 15. So, sort of first place, second, second place, first in the Correct. semi-finals. So, yeah, yeah, big, big game at the weekend then. You can't let up at all. No, we can't. We definitely can't. Um, lots of homework this week. A lot of analysis going into how we're going to beat them. I feel like Auckland are a little bit similar to us. They're quite a fitter team and they... They're strong both in their forwards and their backs. So trying to, I guess, come up with a plan 
where we can counter their their strengths and kind of, I don't know, exploit their weaknesses when we get to the game on Sunday. Basically, I'm just interested, um, like in England, club rugby, we train on a Tuesday and Thursday night, you know, we have some meetings for the week and you do some analysis away. Is that quite similar over there? Or has it worked? It is. Rugby run? Yeah. yeah, so we have our squad training on Tuesday, Thursday nights. Monday nights, we have an optional conditioning block with the squad. So our trainer gets out there and chucks up some options for us and we do it as a team, which is quite cool. And then we kind of do Tuesday morning, Thursday morning gym sessions um, together too. So yeah, I guess it's pretty similar. So you'll obviously um, come back into the 15th roll, back to uh, Waikato. I'm not going to try and put the little on uh, Waikato. Um <laughs> Tell, tell me how you say it. I know James Gamble. You must know James Gamble. Waikato. Uh, yeah, yeah, Johnny, it, it's like 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 a car. Yeah. So like Waikato. Waikato. But like Waikato. Waikato. Yeah. Yeah, but, but don't drag it. Waikato. 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 <laughs> I sound more Japanese. It is hard. Don't do that. Don't do that. Fine. Anyway, yeah, Waikato. Okay, people here don't don't say it right so you know it's all good fine uh james gemmel a presenter i suspect you you probably know you to try and teach me all these uh all these words um but yeah to to no avail obviously but you're 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 back in those colors how a i mean you just touched on there how nice to, to be back playing some some club rugby again and and how nice to be to be playing 15s again of course you're, you're part of the sevens program and there's there's olympics later in this season and World Cup later in the season, but how, how nice it to to be back in those club colours and, and and playing some fifteens. Oh, I just I just love it. I guess there's no real. Well, I think of it as no pressure. Other people probably think it's more pressure because we're kind of we're black ferns and we have to perform on the world uh, on the world stage. So coming back to club and provincial, they probably have that kind of effect on us. But personally, myself, I think there's no pressure at all. Like. You're going back to grassroots where it all started for you. You're just having fun, chucking a ball around with your friends, and you've got the freedom to play. Um, obviously, you have a structure in club rugby, but it's play what's, what you see, what's in front, and I feel like that's where we gain our best skills and our best knowledge for the game of rugby because growing up as a kid, there's no structure. You, you just play because you love it kind of thing. So I, I love club rugby in terms of that sense, but provincial rugby... Same, different, different structures, obviously a little bit more high performance, I suppose, but helping the younger ones coming through and learning off them because being in our Black Friends team, you know, you've been taught all these different um, structures, game plans and whatnot. But going back to provincial level, provincial level, it's cool learning off coaches like their different knowledge and experiences. Um, similar, kind of similar, but also their own kind of personal take on things. So, yeah, it's cool. It's kind of broadened my knowledge with more rugby um, sense. Uh, so I've been enjoying it and learning off everyone else at this level. And how have you found going against some of your sisters? I know you're up against Ruby the other week. How did that go? <laughs> Stacey won, didn't she? So. It's, it's fun. <laughs> Yeah, I think I won, Ruth. Nah, just kidding. <laughs> no way. Rugby is always the winner. <laughs> um, I've been loving it, actually. Um, it's been cool. Just 
I don't know, you know how they play, but 15s is a completely different ball game compared to 7s. You've hardly got any space, so you have to literally work as a team. There's no kind of individual standing out, really. Um, but we're up against Teresa this weekend. Like I said last time in the pod, I think she was the one I mentioned that I'm most looking forward to playing against because really close with her and we know each other like the back of our hands. So, yeah, just hopefully we win. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was going to ask in, in the other teams, and I mean, look, there's been some um, some very very impressive rugby going going on across uh, across the north and south pools. Any other youngsters you come across, particularly Manawatu's teenager, Kaipo Olsen Brown? I've been slightly impressed by by her. What have you made of some of the youngsters? Oh, I think it's a, it's honestly across the board. There, are, there's some amazing talent coming through and. I think the cool thing for them is that there's a World Cup at home next year in New Zealand, which has motivated them like massively to want to just just get in the squad and be seen. And we know the Black Friends coaches are watching every single Farah Palmer Cup game there is, and they're analysing and they're looking for different you know players who could potentially be bolters in the squad. So yeah, very impressed. Even with just rugby in general, the quality of play is amazing, and I know. Some of the scores don't really determine how good the game is actually growing here in New Zealand. Usually, you know, you have the split of the premiership and the championship, but funding obviously didn't allow for that to happen this year. But, man, the talent on display here, it's its exciting and it's cool for us, you know, in the, in the Black Friends environment because they're keeping us on our toes. And we I know as professional athletes, we'll never slack off, but, it just makes us really excited to see that the future of New Zealand rugby is super, super talented. Um, and, yeah, just looking forward to actually playing with them or even just training with them because what we've seen on the field, it's just unreal. Great. So New Zealand are getting even better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, Beth. They, they are. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Simple as that. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, the, the 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 Premiership over here, the new Alliance Premier Fifteen started over here. Do do you do you guys over there watch any? Because look, let, let's be honest, it's going to be between England, France, New Zealand, isn't it? That those kind of teams come 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 next year in the, in the World Cup. Do you do you guys follow what's happening over here? I mean, Worth was in cricket whites over the weekend rather than rugby kit because she was racking up one hundred and three points against her opposition. Um, do you do you come across? Um, <laughs> Yeah, seriously. Um, do, you, do you keep across uh, any of the stuff going on over here? Uh, I personally do, but I find most of my stuff on Twitter, and I know most of the girls aren't really on Twitter. So I, I have seen some highlights. I haven't actually seen the full games or anything, though. So, yeah, it'll be pretty cool, you know, get a little spy on how the girls are going over there. <laughs> nice. Just trying to take calls on Yeah, yeah, I just wish it Whatever, you watch the games. <laughs> You've got the stats. <laughs> Analysis. Maybe. <laughs> it's got individual GPS on the 300 England players every time they go out. The other thing I, I, I was going just going to touch on um, from my point of view was there's been a, a huge amount of uh, social media um, surrounding the, the Farah Palmer Cup. You know, loads of previews through the, through the Blackferns um, domain and what have you. And head to heads and, and highlights going out and plenty. You know, Sky New Zealand has has televised a, a, a lot of games. Mm. 
that must just be brilliant, mustn't it? That, that exposure. That it's, it's a level of exposure we just don't don't get in England. Yeah, I'm I'm ecstatic too. Like about with the amount of coverage we're getting, and the the other cool thing is every single game is if it's not on Sky, if they're not showing it, it's actually live streamed on Facebook and you know social media and technology today, these days anyone can watch it from all around the world when it's on Facebook. So. Very pleased that people from, especially when we went into lockdown, our second lockdown, and we weren't allowing crowds at our game. It was cool. I think our first game, Waikato versus Northland, it was the first round. We had 900 and something viewers watching this first Farah Palmer Cup game. So that was, that was quite huge, I guess, for our women's rugby here in New Zealand. And it was cool to see to see that people are actually watching and continuing to support us. So very grateful that our media team are getting behind it and you know sharing all this media coverage because yeah it's world cup here next year and we need as much as we as much support as we can so obviously Auckland at the weekend for that home semi final and then you'd like to think it's um canterbury or it's manawa 2 isn't it um so you're going to mm-hmm. let's say you get to the final canterbury how difficult are they going to be kendra's lot well, I'm not going to lie. It's definitely going to be difficult. Um, I, I think we we have similarities in our game plan too. The one thing I guess they have over us right now is they've won the past three years and they've got most of their same players. We're quite a different team this year, but I feel like at the end of the day, the team who's the smartest, the team who plays as a team and you know no individual players is probably going to come out on top. And it's going to take the full 80. I know it is. Um, our game against Counties the other week just showed that we were up mate, 20 points and then they came back in the last, I don't know, 10 minutes. And it was a six-point margin between us both. They had the ball like two minutes ago and we were super lucky to kind of turn it over and win it at the end of the day. So, yeah, I guess anything can happen. Um, and if we do come up against Canterbury... I guess for us, we'll probably just have to try and shut down their game plans. You know, Ken Cox edge in there running the running the play at nine, and we've got a good ten and a few good um, backs and forwards. So yeah, as long as we do our homework and um, do what we do on our game plan and structure, I think we'll be pretty good. But we've got to get there first, one hurdle one at a time. This weekend against Auckland. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the the stock answer. Yeah, I should I should have asked about Auckland this weekend first, shouldn't I? Um, but look, you're 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 like, to be at top of the top of the pool. You're top of top of your pool. Um, yeah, how um, how difficult Auckland going to be? Who are the who are the main protagonists uh, you're going to be facing this weekend? Who have you really got to look out for? Well, if I'm being really honest, they've probably got the whole Blackburns forward pack and their starting eight. So um, it's going to be tough to come up against. No, they do. They've got a they've, they've got players everywhere in their forwards and their backs. Um big I guess names I could chuck out there is Charmaine McMenamum, number eight. She goes unreal for the Black Ferns and, and when she puts that Auckland jersey on, she's just hard to stop, strong ball carrier, strong defender. Good at jackling. Um, I know they've also got Rua Hazelmonts in the backs, Teresa Fitzpatrick, two classy black ferns with a lot of skill. Um, they know the game. They've played it for a while now. That'll be pr- kind of hard to combat. But two players I do want to mention, they're, they're young players. One is Patricia Malipo. She's a young girl coming through just from school. And 
she's she either, either plays number 10 or 15 and she she's able to steer the ship she can kick she can pass she can read the game so she'll be you know we can chuck a lot of pressure on her hopefully we can i don't know get on top of that and the other standout player that i'm super impressed with is their number six. Oh my gosh i just put myself um dug a hole because i can't remember her name lisa i'm gonna say no don't actually know number six <laughs> strong she has just come out of like absolutely nowhere and i've been watching footage of her for the past couple of weeks she is like this strong talented big ball carrier like just breaks the line every single time so we're gonna have to try and stop her down and stop them getting over the advantage line but yeah they've got talent all over the park glad you know your opposition in great detail that's great <laughs> <laughs> um, just one final question for me because I know you're um, a, a busy lady onto, a, onto another call in, in a moment and thank you so much for your, your time this evening uh, all I was going to ask was a, a, any news internationally are there any plans to, to, to get back into camp to get together we're just going to wait to the end of the uh, end of the cup and then and then see where see where everything is with the COVID situation what have you or, or a conversations ongoing already um, I know that conversations are still going. They've got a rough plan. I mean, we've got a tournament, sevens tournament coming up at the end of the year, just playing against each other. I think that'd be pretty awesome. We haven't played together or seven specific since um, after after Sydney, actually. So we're probably going to be a little bit rusty in terms of sevens, but they're trying to plan for some Oceania tournaments next year. And then if all's going well, back into World Series for Hong Kong, um, Singapore. So that's kind of the sevens bars. And don't know about 15s. They, obviously, we have the Barbarian. We're playing the Possibles, Probables, and Black Ferns vs. Barbarians at the end of this year. But they haven't really given us anything as to what's happening next year. I mean, they obviously want games and tournaments because it's a World Cup year. You can't really go into a World Cup with no international test and if it does happen that's pretty unfortunate um so i'm sure i'm sure they'll figure something out and i know they're not leaving us in the lurch there's plans in the back of their heads to be able to get those international tests before before the big world cup here in new zealand so yeah that's what i know so far well with my professional hat on i hope you hope you get some some test matches on a personal level i hope you get absolutely zero so that england uh come down there without you having any practice <laughs> Stacey as ever genuinely you speak so brilliantly and it's always a joy to speak to you so thank you so much for joining us on the uh, on the WRP it was my pleasure thanks for having me again Birth and Johnny really enjoyed t- chatting to you guys <laughs> no problem at all you take care good luck with the elections hope the right lady uh, person wins thank you good luck this Stay weekend safe. and good luck in the semis <laughs> See you later. I'm Abby Scott, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. And we'll finish up this week's pod with a few shout-outs. Your Harlequins 13 berth uh, is looking for a coach. They've had all their funding stripped away, like so many clubs, of course. If you're interested, contact Danny Olivia at harlequinwomens 3 xv at gmail.com. That's harlequinwomens 3xv at gmail.com. Look, we know so many amateur rugby clubs out there are are struggling. If you want us to spread the word like the uh, Harlequins third uh, team there, 
looking for a coach, then, then please do get in touch. I know there's lots of people out there, social media, grassroots rugby, uh, Sean and Max at uh, Women's Club Rugby uh, could share those bits and pieces. But uh, yeah, if you want a, a shout out or, or us to, uh, to mention anything on the pod, then please, please do get in touch. While you're there, you may as well subscribe. You may as well hit that five-star button as well, might they, uh, they birth? Where are they going to find us? Yeah, that would be great help if you could give us a five-star rating. Subscribe so you don't miss anything as well, because we literally bring everything that you need to know about the women's game on the pod every week. But you can find us at, at Pod Women's Rugby on both Twitter and on Instagram. Um, yeah, so just get in touch. Huge thanks to Stacey Flula. I do. She just, she's like an adrenaline rush, isn't she? Straight, straight to the veins, like a cannula of adrenaline, that lady. Absolutely love talking to her. And uh, as ever, Mohan, absolute pleasure. So, yeah, th- many, many thanks to those two. As ever, a big thank you to Rugby Nut in the, uh, in the wings doing some marvellous work behind the scenes for us. Next week, who we got on next week, Berth? Uh, we've got two great stars of the game coming on next week. We have Shauna Brown of Harlequins and Rocky Clark of Saracens. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, where are you going to play? Because obviously I'm a, I'm a former hooker, so I've got Rocky on the loose head, Sean on the tight head. You could be our little scrum half there, could you? I'll give you a crouch by the set. Lovely. But only <laughs> in the 22. Yeah, only five metres out, and if you don't kick the ball, ten. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, but we must just mention, we've got Wasp at the weekend. Must be hugely looking forward to that. Yeah, we can't wait. Obviously, they're a completely different outfit this year with all the signings that Giselle Mather has made over over lockdown. Um, yeah, we can't wait to play it out and play against them. Obviously, it's going to be televised, which is brilliant. So we're going to be on the, the live stream of England Rugby. So I believe you have to tune in. But yeah, we're pretty, I mean, we had a good weekend this weekend, but we know that it's going to be um, a very different story this weekend coming. All the very, very best for that one. And that is it for another week. We will, of course... Be back in seven days' time. Until next time.